Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Amanita Dreamer. Amanita suffered from severe anxiety panic attacks, and was on benzodiazepines for 10 years until she found the Amanita muscaria mushroom, and it saved her life. She has since developed a thorough and robust knowledge base for their safe use in the healing of trauma, anxiety, panic attacks, heartache, and is an advocate for working with this mushroom to connect with the wisdom of the earth, time, our elders, and our ancestors. And I am so excited to have Amanita on the show today. I actually started foraging myself in 2001 for edible mushrooms. And as a result of my foraging forays and connecting into the communities where people talk about mushrooms, somehow Amanita Dreamer precipitated up. <laughs> she she fruited <laughs> like a mushroom into my consciousness. And so I'm so delighted that you're here with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That's the coolest intro and best compliment that I fruited. Like, that's great. <laughs> you <laughs> what did. amazing. That's amazing imagery. <laughs> you did. You fruited right up, Amanita. Oh so God. I want to start our time together by just acknowledging that, you know, you have definitely had a journey, you know, the severe anxiety, the panic attacks, the benzodiazepines, all of those things. I'd like to know if you're willing to kind of go back in time to your childhood and notice if there was anything in your younger years that either prepared you to ultimately become an advocate, an activist, and a voice for this particular mushroom, or maybe that led to you having all of these anxiety, panic attacks, et cetera. And whichever direction you want to go is fine with me. Well, like a lot of people that are in my age cohort, you know, we all kind of have some things in common. And that was coming out of the generation that went through the Great Depression and then our parents who were coming into the free love Vietnam 70s and all of that. So there's definitely a connection to how my age group was raised in an empty home, latchkey kids, very little supervision and a whole lot of be seen and not heard because we're tired at the end of the day, we're overworked. And it was just a whole new generation of of parents trying to do something different than ever before. And so while it was hard on us, I also understand where my parents were coming from with all that. But what I didn't know is that I was autistic. Mm -hmm. And that is what underlies everything. 
and everything that I was shamed for being an autodidact and being a very directed self-learner, high intelligence, very spoken plainly without the niceties and very logical and concrete and literal and just tons of drive and motivation and don't need much sleep. And none of that stuff fits into a society of patriarchy (laughs) and (laughs) women are supposed to be gentle and nurturing and loving and calm and quiet and don't speak unless you're spoken to. And a lot of my childhood was just mostly shutting me up and shoving me down and telling me to conform. And people don't like people who do that and that and that and that. And eventually the only messages I got from every part of my life and every adult is stop being who you are. And I didn't know who to be. If I'm not supposed to be that, what am I supposed to be? And like every other adult (laughs) autistic person, When you spend your entire life, everything about you is shoved down and told, stop existing like that. Eventually, you hate yourself for existing. But on top of that, the world is overwhelming sensorially. So everywhere Mm -hmm. that you go, everything that you do, every job that you have, it's just it's constant overwhelm. I just I lived in a constant state of not being okay and needing to hide Mm -hmm. and not being able to think or function. I learned I have a sensory processing disorder, especially verbal processing. I didn't know I'd been getting by on reading lips. It's just these things you pick up, you know, because when there's any noise at all, I don't hear anything people are saying. It gets warped into something very similar to what I hear when I'm on high dose psilocybin Hmm. and people talk Hmm. the, the way they sound when I'm on high dose psilocybin. That's what it sounds like when people talk, when there's noise around. It's a lot of things, but by the time Hurricane Katrina hit and we lost, you know, I had to file bankruptcy and everything. That was the beginning of me no longer being able to just survive and eke it out Mm. and force my way through and just having panic attacks till I was just debilitated. And I was no longer functional in the corner, crying, not eating, not sleeping. So I had to get on benzos. I mean, if anyone was a candidate for them, I was, Mm. and I do not fault the physician that put me on them. I was the person those things were made for. Hmm. I had to get on them. I had to, to survive. Right. Right. Okay. So, you know, some of the things that I'm hearing here that I just, because we have listeners in 106 countries, I really want to make sure that they're hearing what I'm hearing. And that is that there were a number of kind of cofactors that all congealed to create an existence for you where it ultimately became almost intolerable to to just be. And I've interviewed a lot of people on this show and people who've had sexual abuse and people who've had physical abuse. And what I'm hearing from you is it was mostly cultural, societal conditioning connected also with almost emotional, psychological, spiritual abuse, but it wasn't like an intentional abuse. It was out of the container of a whole cohort of children being raised as latchkey kids because both parents suddenly were in the workplace. And so what I want to do from here, Amanita, is talk about you know, what inspired you eventually to make the choice to 
get off the benzodiazepines? And was that like before the mushroom came into your life, after the mushroom came into your life? Do you want to talk about how the mushroom came into your life? I think that's probably the best place to yeah, go. Yeah, sure. I see what you're asking. So at year five of being on that medication, I started suffering dementia. And it wasn't anything I could fix or do anything about supplements or changing diet or exercising or anything. And it was during that similar time frame of like a month to two months where I was seriously getting concerned about my ability to continue to function that I learned that they cause early onset dementia and that they were never tested for long-term use. And I knew I had to get off of them. And that began the actual real hell of this whole story. Mm-hmm. That by ne- the next five years of my life, trying to come off of that medication was a hell that I would not wish that is inhumane Mm. that nobody should ever have to experience on this planet. And what your mind, the pain that your mind can do to you. Mm. I think people just, it pales in comparison to the worst longest string of panic attacks I had before the medication. Mm. It was a hell that there just are no words for. In addition to now damaged neurons and damaged receptors that can't heal or fix themselves, they're damaged and peripheral nerve damage so that now I have this pain syndrome trying to come off of it, which they use that medication in addition to other medications to help curb pain. And and then twitching and and all of these like seizure symptoms that were just bordering on seizures, but not quite seizure. And I just lived in this hell Mm -hmm. for five years until I was suicidal because that's not living. I can't live on them because my lifespan is going to be over very, very soon. And it's going to be by being a burden to my family because I'll have dementia and I'll die of it. Or I can't live in this this hell like this. And the fact that I lived in it for five years Mm -hmm. says something about my resilience. So I I just, I said, I can't do it anymore. And I just planned my death down to the day and did everything you're supposed to do to plan it in in as responsible a way as I could to leave as little suffering aside from the obvious, you know, that I'm going to leave, but so that my body would only be found by those that were trained to find it. And and I made sure I left notes and how everything was organized and the finances and everything. And I had a date on the calendar and the day before us sitting out back on the deck relieved that I, I was now in the 24 hour count. And I heard a voice for lack of a better way to say it, that said, if you're going to leave the planet, you should come walk out onto the planet that you're leaving. I have these beautiful woods mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I just, I couldn't not do it. I felt lifted up, pulled out, walked out into the woods and I was 30 seconds into it. And there's this bright colored red, orange mushroom. And I'm like, holy crap, what is that? <laughs> Picked it, brought it in, identified it. And almost immediately saw it was a GABA agonist, Mm. which is nature's version of a benzodiazepine. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. And so I I went driving and found more because they were fruiting everywhere. Mm. And I gathered them up and I, I dried them and started doing the research. Wow. Okay. so I have the tingles all over me. I'm just going (laughs) to say I got the tingles because of of, a few things. First that you were so clear that you were done, right? That you were so intentional that you were complete and that you were, you know, obviously considerate of all of your loved ones to the best of your ability to make that as clean as possible. And 
in that 24 hour window, a voice arises. And so that for me is just, it's just divine intervention. You can't call it anything other than divine intervention. And whether the divine is in the earth, which I believe myself that the divine is in and of the earth, the earth is of the divine and the divine is in and of the earth, to go out and find the exact mushroom on your own property that is literally nature's answer is just a a total miracle, Amanita. And you know, one of the reasons, obviously, why you've chosen to become an advocate. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about you now stepping in to being an advocate and all of the scientific research that you have done to validate everything that you teach and you share about this mushroom. But right now we are going to take a short break. So Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help if you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air. Please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're downloading now in 106 countries. So we want to shout out to our listeners in South Africa, Sweden, and Cambodia. And we will be right back with Amanita Dreamer. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Amanita Dreamer. Before we went to the break, we were talking about her journey through anxiety, panic attacks, being on benzodiazepines, choosing that it was time to get off of those, going through five years of hell. And on the day before she was going to just say, I'm done and leave the planet, having the divine intervention of the Amanita muscaria mushroom showing up right in her very backyard. If you want to find out more about Amanita and her deep work, which I highly recommend if you are resonating with this episode, if there's somebody in your life who may have been exhibiting some of the symptoms that she talked about in the front half of the show, or if you are having some of the challenges that she went through herself, to go to AmanitaDreamer.net. That website is packed with all kinds of research. It's packed with options for 
working with this mushroom, both spiritually as well as practically, physically. And it also contains her store where she does some very fun crafty things to help support her mission here as the voice of the Amanita. So you can go to AmanitaDreamer.net. You'll find that link for getting there in the show notes. So Amanita, let's talk about, okay, the mushroom decides to show itself to you. You had a background in science, as I recall from watching some of your content. So you got the mushroom, you brought it in the house, you identified it, you discover it is the same thing, essentially, nature's benzo. What happened next? I found that it all the information on the internet at the time, there was very little. And what was there was conflicting and mostly don't take it, poisonous, deadly, all that stuff. And then you can go in like these back rooms of these trip websites, you know, where they, it pretty much was in this dark little corner of the crap mushroom corner, you know, like crappy to trip on, don't do it, save yourself. And the only thing that made me go forward is I also learned that it's in all of this archaeology, art, pottery, symbolism, paintings, has a rich history of being written about, like in the Rig Veda, and your listeners can see it when they go look at all this stuff. It's deep. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of it. If there was any one living plant mushroom thing that is the most iconic, written about, drawn about, culturally known, it is this mushroom. Like It's this. And I thought, you know, that's not how we treat deadly, dangerous things. Mm. That's how we treat sacred medicine. And then it would make sense if it's that sacred, it's that sacred for a reason. It would make sense then that it has been all but completely buried and nothing but wrong information about it Mm. out there. Mm. When you consider the last 2000 years of history of medicine. Mm. So that made sense to me. And I said, there's something amazing and beautiful in this mushroom. I'm taking mm. it. And then I felt, you know, if it killed me, it did me a favor. Cause I mean, like, come <laughs> you on. You were going anyway. Right? <laughs> so I didn't know how to make it. Mm. And I was uh, getting frustrated and not taking it, not taking it, not taking mm. it, still living in this syndrome. And I finally got frustrated with it. And I said, damn it. They're going to tell me. I walked in the kitchen. I laid them out in front of me and I said, you're the one that made me find you. If you want me to cook, you tell me how. Mm. And I just looked at them and it rose up immediately. 15 grams and a cup of water. Simmer it. I I heard it clearly. Mm. And I'm like, what? What? So that's what I did. And I made it. And I said, "Okay, how much do I take? They said, start small and go slow. Mm. I started small, took like a quarter of a teaspoon and then like a half a teaspoon and I wasn't really feeling anything. And I just sort of drank it, just a couple of big gulps of it. And in about 20 minutes later, I started feeling it come on. Mm. And then I was feeling braver and I drank a little bit more and I wound up tripping on Mm. it. And I took what wound up being the most perfect dose that I would have told anybody else or counseled people to work their way toward for what I was dealing with. And I can't tell people doses to take and you have to get there in your own way like I did, but it was the perfect dose. And I woke up the next morning and I just cried and sobbed deeply because it's the first time in my life I wasn't feeling anxiety. Mm. 
And I didn't know I had never had anxiety. I, I had never been free of it until that moment. And then I sobbed on the floor, just waterworks sobbing for my entire life that mm. had been wasted living that way. And then I cried for all the other people out there and for all of humanity mm. that haven't had this medicine mm. all this time. And I never took another benzodiazepine again. I never had any more withdrawal symptoms after that moment. I wound up learning a really good dosing protocol for this mushroom and how to use it. And my life has never been the same. And I've since learned all the other, other, just as overwhelmingly powerful things this mushroom can do over the next couple of years. And I'm still learning new things that it can do. Mm, well, and, you know, I think it's about four years now for you yeah. that you have been working with the mushroom. So let's talk about, you know, not only was it a miraculous divine intervention to stop you from exiting stage left, but it was also a miraculous divine intervention that allowed you to get the exact dose for you. And let me be clear, everyone. Each of us as an individual is different. Each of us has different requirements and each of us are responsible for doing our own research and making sure that we are being wise and mindful, but also simultaneously trusting our intuition. I mean, Amanita, you certainly were willing to trust your intuition and listen and take direction from the voice of the mushroom. So what I'd like to ask you about now is some of the spiritual aspects of working with the mushroom and what inspired you to not only self-heal, right, but also to bring this gift of your presence and your story and your miraculous intervention by this mushroom to serve so many other people all over the world. Well, obviously, I did not want to do that <laughs> because the Internet is not a safe, kind place. And the mushroom voice, I, I call it the mushroom voice now. And I have my community. Our private community is called the mushroom voice because that's what called me out in the first place. That's what told me what to take. But from the very beginning then of taking that and waking up that next day and the hugs that I felt from them, I felt like I had a crowd of wise elders following me everywhere I went and saying, oh my God, we're so glad you're home. We're so glad mm -hmm. you're home. And still, four years later, I talk about it, I get teary because it is so beautiful and powerful. And they said, you have to tell the rest of them. You have to tell the others. We mm -hmm. miss you so much. Please tell everybody else. So it was the beginning of me understanding fungal sentience, mm -hmm. that they have a long, rich history that we believe goes back 30,000 years with humans, that they miss us as much as we miss them. Mm -hmm. It has made me question the nature of sentience, mm -hmm. communicating. Mm -hmm. I've gone on to take psilocybin, where I learned that trees are sentient. Mm -hmm. I now have conversations with the trees. Mm -hmm. And they were so loud, the trees, the mushrooms, all of it saying, you have to tell the others. And I knew, I knew I did. It took nine months to be willing to make my first video. Yeah. I made it, I uploaded it to YouTube and I said, okay, there, I did it. Now leave me alone. I go, I want to re repair, you know, live my life here. 
and I let it go for like three months, whatever. I came back, I had over 650 subs mm-hmm. and a ton of questions. And I'm like, oh my God, no, that's, I got to answer these questions. So I started making videos as quickly as I could. And it took off and they would say, how can we support you? Do you have a Patreon? I ran and made one. I said, now I do. And they said, can we donate money? Do you have a way to do that? So I did the buy me a coffee. Yes, here, now I do. Every single thing I am and that I have is because people requested it. Mm. Do you sell the mushroom? No, but I'll find you some people who do. Do you make anything like all the stuff you use that you make for yourself? Do you sell it? No, but I will. I went and made it. I made that store, started selling it. And then the mushrooms were like, okay, well, we need to talk. And they started telling me about other ways to use it, smoking it. And then that just opened up the whole spiritual nature of it Mm. that I didn't know existed. And the gods and the connection to gods like Thor and Loki and Freya and where that comes from. And I get that now, which led me to get my DNA tested. Turns out 80% Nordic. (laughs) Who knew? And so I have a connection to all of that. It has opened up a whole other world that is rich, Mm. that is not on the planet. And Mm. if there are any other people out there that have used entheogenic or mushroom-based medicines, you know what I'm talking about. And as a science person, it has taken me a long time to be able to speak like this publicly Mm. and be willing to lose the respect of the science community. And Mm. I have for a large part. Mm. And that's okay because this will continue to move forward and people will begin to understand this medicine is just an entirely different thing. And the people that are staunchly on only on the science side of the psychedelics will come to understand it over time. It is an inevitability. It's baked into the mushroom. (laughs) Literally. And in me and in all of us. Right, right. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, obviously. So we are already at the end. I mean, I could certainly spend hours and hours with you, Amanita. So if there was one final thing that you would like our listeners to know about you or about the mushroom or about your experiences, what would that be? Don't judge it because I said a lot of bold stuff, it can be microdosed and help in just constant low-level anxiety, sleep problems, headaches, migraines, trauma, pain syndromes, trouble that you're, you can't get over, heartache and heartbreak and sudden things that are happening currently in your life and dealing with change, depression and depressive states in very, very low microdoses. Mm-hmm. You do not have to be a fanatic about it. You can treat it like medicine. It fully knows it can perform that function. You can perform that function with it. And at amanitadreamer.net, I have everything there. You need to do it. You don't ever have to engage with me. I don't ask for your email. You click there. You watch what you want. You leave. I never know. It's there for everyone to use it. So Mm -hmm. at least go see if you want to check it out or if you need it. And I have approved vendors that I trust if you want to buy it yourself and make it yourself. And it's a safe way to go. And you don't have to get involved in it at the way that I am. But I just hate that people are out there struggling or suffering with any of that stuff when something so easy to get and so inexpensive and so easy to use is available. Mm. Yeah. Well, one of the things I love about your videos is you always end by saying, I love love you, beautiful people. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love you, beautiful people. Yeah. Well, so I just want to say thank you, Amanita, for spending the time with me today and for bringing the Mushroom Voice to the Wickedly Smart Women around the world. And for those of you who are listening all over the world, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. Highly recommend you check out Amanita Dreamer net. You know, I know for a fact that there are plenty of people who are listening who may even be suffering from mild anxiety or know people in their lives who may be in deeper pain. And so we have to be willing to remember, we have to be willing to acknowledge that the ancestors may have been on to something for the last 30,000 years before the last 50, right? And we may need to remember that we can trust our intuition and our voice, and it can be significantly miraculous when we do. So thanks, Amanita. And thank you for tuning in, listeners. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.